got one text from a guy who said, my number one fantasy, and maybe a lot of guys, is for my wife to want to have sex with me tonight. That probably is the number one fantasy. You know, honestly, yeah. Yeah. Uh, 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 A little more comfortable, easy, uh, enthusiastic sexual relationship with one's partner. How do I get this back on? I want to read this tweet that came out. Uh, Just interesting. From someone. Doesn't matter who. Coming up, Johnson. Uh, I'm listening to Sirius Radio. Callers are going off against Trump policy of separating families at the border. Not a political or news channel. It's the E Street Radio, the Bruce Springsteen channel. That's where we are as a country. Wow. And then this, which I think factors in somewhat. You know, I was just looking at George Takai's quote about the family separations. George Takai of the original Star Trek. Why are we quoting George Takai of Star Trek about anything? Well, I'm not. You were about to. Um, and this story from Mexico, which I think factors into this, they've just arrested the entire police force from one Mexican town because they believe that the entire police force, 28 officers, were in on the murdering of the mayor. Right. That's a cultural thing that you don't want to cross your border, which is one reason you want to have, you know, some limited legal immigration along with eliminating illegal immigration. You don't want right. to import cultures that allow that sort of thing to happen. Right. Right. We actually got a really uh, well-reasoned counter-argument to that point of view that we should have open borders. You're an idiot. Um, I want to hear the argument, but you're an idiot. Yeah, and we can talk about that. It's it's you know an intriguing notion. We have a guest coming up in a couple of minutes that we want to get to, so now is probably not the right time, but we'll do it at some point. So anyway, uh, J- Johnson, the uh, secretary, uh, DHS secretary under Obama, Department of Homeland Security. I think you need more of a drop off at the end. Yeah, that's right. I was yeah. rushing. I was rushing, Jack. And isn't that so 21st century? <laughs> not taking our time and enjoying the really good things in life. Not having like a threesome. Saying, missing out would, on your threesomes. Would you have a threesome with the J Johnson? No. no. No, I told you that's not something I think about. You're I'm in the, saying I'm in no, the 5% but I'm hearing the... maybe. <laughs> so anyway, he was on uh, Fox News Sunday with Chris Wallace. And they were talking about all sorts of stuff, uh, immigration, Trump, and border security, and the rest of it. And uh, here's part of it. I, in a fair way. I, I understand that. Let, let, let's look, because you mentioned it, at how the Obama administration and you as Secretary of Homeland Security handled this back in 2014 when there was also a spike in children, most of them unaccompanied, coming across the border. Uh, you started jailing entire families. In some cases, not a lot, but as a, in some you separated children from their parents. And these pictures that we're putting up from 2014 show pictures of unaccompanied minors in, in effect, jail situations. Uh, as you look back on that, did you handle it so well? Well, Chris, without a doubt, the images and the reality from 2014, just like 2018, are not pretty. And so we expanded family detention. We had then 34,000 beds for family detention, only 95 of 34,000 equipped to deal with family. So we expanded it. I freely admit it was controversial. We believed it was necessary at the time. I still believe it is necessary to maintain a certain capability for families. We can't have catch and release. And in my three years, we deported or repatriated or returned over a million people. But again, you can deal with this on the border. You can try different things. We did not want to go so far as separate families, but unless 
we deal with the underlying causes that are motivating people to come here in the first place, we're going to continue to bang our heads against the wall on this issue. All right. And then they talk a while about solutions, and, and so Mr. They did Johnson the, has very little to say. So they did the same thing. Yeah. Uh, well, no, they did separate some families. It was a smaller number because they didn't arrest as many people. Uh, they detained him briefly. Were there, him kids hearing, in, him were there kids in cages yes. under the Obama administration? Yes, one hundred percent. Yeah, absolutely. Just a smaller number. So listen, well, maybe that's you, what, but but that, that that's that's important. That's but, an yes. important piece of information. Yes, it is absolutely. Because I, I don't think it's only outrageous. Or I, I assume it's not only outrageous because of the number. You either think putting kids in cages at the border is the is is something only a Nazi would do, or well, you don't. Well, yeah, I mean, a hundred and fifty grief-stricken kids is 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 something to be upset about. When it becomes three hundred, that's when it's triggered, or four hundred, or whatever. I'd, so that's inconsistent to me. So Obama's the new Hitler. That's exactly right. That's what I was driving at. Obama is Hitler. Um, no, I, that doesn't win any arguments, though. A, a reasonable person could say, I wasn't aware of it at the time. Because the media, the mainstream media, didn't really report on it. They didn't go crazy yeah, about right. it. Right. Absolutely true. And, and, and so I would, an honest person might say, I would have been just as outraged then as I am now. On the other hand, you weren't. And the media wasn't. And there was very little coverage of it. There's some, but not a lot. And it's not the sober, reasonable objection to the policy and suggestion that we do something else that's really the, the main thing happening here. It's the wild, crazed outrage. This, the screeching, the weeping about what's happening on the border. It's the worst thing ever. I have various quotes well, George Takai of Star Trek, it's a new low in American history, et cetera, et cetera. Except, again, and if you think it's wrong, okay, I respect that belief. But at going crazy over it right now, when it existed during the Obama administration, is why Donald Trump's going to get reelected. And or, you know, you've got 90% approval among Republicans for Trump. It's this wild-eyed, won't-serve-you-dinner a screeching at Kristen Nielsen trying to eat Mexican food thing that I think is incredibly counterproductive for the left. The New York Times had a big piece about it. Um, what? Who? There was somebody who was talking about that a couple of weeks ago too. Oh, that, that yeah, okay, it was a, another opinion piece about Robert De Niro and the F Trump. How that is completely counterproductive for getting rid of Trump because it reduces everything to angry tribalism. I like the term repatriated, by the way, that we've now settled on in the government. We, uh, we, rep- we repatriated thousands of people. Oh, that was nice, because they'd been <laughs> unpatriated, apparently. Well, that means they shipped their ass out. <laughs> right. Sent them back. Deported. You don't want to use the word deport, because somebody decided that's a mean word, but repatriated is somehow a nice word. We it's reun- the same thing. We reunited them with their country. I mean, can you imagine these poor Hondurans getting unpatriated? Well, we stepped in and at great expense repatriated them. God, I love spin. It's fantastic. So, again, maybe you hate the policy, but it's the going freaking nuts. Right. The con- I mean, you should throw on cable news. Well, but- if you don't, you know what? If you don't, don't. Trust me, you're happier. You're better off. But if you you don't flip it on just right now, maybe during commercials, or whatever, and listen to them just go an ape dung. One of the congressmen, on CNN and MSNBC. 
One of the congressmen I saw on TV over the weekend screaming, this is not who we are. Well, it's apparently who we were uh, under Barack Obama and under Donald Trump, at least for a period of time. So right. And Jay Johnson, I freely admit we we detained families and sometimes not often, but sometimes separated children. Well, yeah, you did. And listen, maybe you like the Obama way of doing it better than the Trump way. But to act like one is black and the other is white, that's probably a poor choice of words. Well, to make to one act, is like, white, the other, to act the, like one is degrees worse, many, many degrees worse, that's right. just not true. Right, right. It's not someplace we would never go. We have gone there. What's interesting, and we don't have time really to play the clip, is that uh, Chris says, okay, fair enough. That having been said, what would you do about... The immigration crisis. And Mr. Johnson uh, unleashes this, you know, string of words about, you know, the proper resources for uh, our enforcement uh, agents. And uh, what we need to do is really aggressively target the reasons people are coming, which is the misery in Central America. So some sort of massive Marshall plan for Central America. I'm hearing a lot of that talk. What's that going to cost us and what will the results be? We're going to fix Honduras? Yeah, apparently. Um, so they need a warrant to get uh, all kinds of information about your cell phone. Thank God the Supreme Court decided that on Friday. Really? Thank Five. God, you say. So you're joining with the liberal justices. Five to four. Yeah, that's interesting, isn't it? Yeah, we can explain it. It's all coming up with a special guest on the Armstrong and Getty Show. Armstrong and Getty. The conscience of the nation. The Armstrong and Getty Show. Had a little more from that giant sex survey uh, of who people fantasize about. It's kind of interesting and silly. What superheroes do people fantasize about? People fantasize about superheroes. I never have. Oh, my. But apparently they do. Oh, boy. I have it broken down by straight men, gay men. Yeah. Well, I'd imagine there's quite a divide there. There is, but why? I don't know. Between straight men and gay men? On the superhero? I don't sue. Yeah, I don't fantasize about having sex with dudes. That's oh, the oh, divide. I, oh, I see. Gotcha. Wow. <laughs> All right, please. Let's move on to more weighty matters, if we might. Adam J. White joins us. Adam is a research fellow at the Hoover Institution. He's uh, here to talk about the major SCOTUS decision on phone location data and warrants and third party information and the rest of it. Adam, welcome. How are you, sir? Good, thanks. I wonder if I walked into the wrong conversation. Oh, no. We, 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 uh, wide ranging talent here at the Armstrong and Getty Show. We cover it all. So, listen, we got like five, six minutes. Um, so you can quote the Constitution, but don't read the whole thing. Is what I'm trying to do. <laughs> okay. So, listen, can you help us understand what the Supreme Court decided uh, about the, the phone, the cell phone records? Yeah, it's a fascinating case called Carpenter versus United States. It was decided last week. Uh, it involved uh, criminals, uh, some, some robbers who had robbed stores outside of Detroit. Uh, the law enforcement FBI did what they always do now, or what they can always do, which is go to the cell phone companies and find out, once you have a phone number for one of the perpetrators, find out where all they've been by, by looking back at all the cell phone tower data, the cell phone 
location information. It raised a really interesting question in the Supreme Court. The um, uh, the Fourth Amendment's pretty straightforward, right? It says that the people have a right to be secure in their persons, houses, papers, and effects against unreasonable searches and seizures, shall not be violated, nor shall warrants be issued without probable cause. This case involved a collision of two basic doctrines of, the, of, of Supreme Court precedent. One is that people have, even though when you're out and about in public, you do have sometimes a reasonable expectation of privacy in your movements such that the, the cops can't just put a GPS device underneath your car and track all of your movements. On the other hand, when you give information to a third party, you tend to lose your reasonable expectation of privacy. When you give bank records or tax information or things to to third parties, you lose any reasonable expectation of privacy you have in that. So in this case, the question is, what happens when you're constantly broadcasting your location information to your cell phone company, which maintains a record of your movements going back sometimes years and years? God, that's so incredible question, that we all do that, that we all carry it, tracking devices that, that, keep, that, that, that puts this information out there of where we've been for years. It's just amazing. Absolutely, and and that was really what the court had to struggle with, and the way the court ended up coming down in this case in a a split decision with Chief Justice Roberts writing the opinion for the court for basically the the block of of liberal justices was that we do have a Fourth Amendment right uh, against the search and seizure of this information by the government from our cell phone companies, at least, and they're very careful to add some caveats, so they said at least when we're talking about a case where there was no exigent circumstances, no criminals on the run, and the, and and we're talking about a, a massive volume of information going back years, the court said it was, the, the government obtained almost 13,000 location points lo- cataloging Carpenter's movements over 127 days. Okay, um, okay it was well- a, Let's talk about, as a lover of liberty, I like the result, but as I dug into the decision, I'm not sure I like the, I'm not sure I'm comfortable with the reasoning, because as the uh, conservative justices, who were the four, with the exception of Roberts, who's tough to call sometimes, but their reasoning, as I understand it, was, look, there is, there are no laws that say this long-held doctrine has changed. There's no reason for us to make this ruling because this is a very, it's a time-honored principle. If you give up information, you can no longer uh, uh, claim privacy. If you don't like the laws, change the laws. Yeah, the dissenting opinions by Thomas Gorsuch uh, and Alito are are all very interesting, uh, and they they go in some some different directions. A lot of them do push on this point that when you give information to a third party, you lose any reasonable expectation of privacy. Other justices focus looked even further back and said, and this is Justice Thomas's main point, that really the Fourth Amendment is about property rights, about the police entering your property. And if you don't have a property right in something, in this case, the information that your cell phone uh, company amasses on you. There's no violation of the Fourth Amendment at all. Right. So you didn't one- make that record. You don't keep that record. You have no say in it being destroyed, et cetera, et cetera. It's not your property. Exactly. I I, I think I, I don't think it's fair to say that we're giving there we're willingly giving this information to people because it's unrealistic that you're going to live your life without a cell phone, a smartphone yeah. in the modern era. 
Yeah, that's exactly right. And that's really where Roberts focuses his attention in the, uh, in, in the majority opinion. He just points out that the world has completely changed, at least since 1979, when this third-party doctrine really locked in. We now broadcast out to at least our cell phone company very intimate information about where we are and, and who we're with. And Roberts says times really have – we need to take seriously this technological change because the alternative is uh, that the only way you can maintain a privacy from this sort of, of constant surveillance that's obtainable by the police is to just not carry a cell phone. And that's just not the world right. we live in right. anymore. Yeah, it's funny. I'm, I'm torn on this. I love the result. Again, I'm not terribly uh, comfortable with some of the reasoning. Adam White is a research fellow at the Hoover Institution, an expert on, well, what we're talking to him about. Uh, what's your feeling about the ruling, Adam? My instinct is with Roberts on this. I think Roberts is right that all the precedents before about reasonable search and seizure and so forth and third-party doctrine, they really were themselves uh, reflections of the times that they were in, whether it was the 1920s, 1950s, 1970s. And I do think we need to grapple seriously with this. I, I'm sympathetic in some ways to Thomas's and Alito's and Gorsuch's and Kennedy's dissents, especially when they say that really the Fourth Amendment was intended to reflect property rights. I think there's a lot of truth in that, but the Fourth Amendment is written much more broadly than that, and and the fact is that we live in a very, very different world. And this is one of those areas of law, reasonable search and seizure, where I do think our understanding of the law might change over time. It was interesting that this case happened to come down, I think, the same day as the big case over Internet sales taxes and whether states could reach beyond their borders to tax Internet sales. And the previous precedents were all about catalog sales, and it was a much different world in terms of the sheer volume of activity and the ways in which the government interacts with the public and with companies and individuals. Yeah, I'm glad that these ancient justices are able to keep up with the changing times. Well, yeah, and you have to keep in mind the founding fathers, a lot of them had to use dial-up modems to get (laughs) online. They were using AOL. It was just embarrassing. Yeah, interesting. What is property? Is electronic information included in that definition? I would say, yeah, clearly is and and are we going to go further down that road where you know all our google searches and stuff like that could end up protected well that's a good question and and the the chief justice in his opinion is very careful to say that we need to tread lightly here so that we're not embarrassed in hindsight by thinking we know more about technology than we do um but that's a good question about what google maintains on us i have a big piece out today in a journal called the new atlantis called google.gov which describes what I see as the growing alignment of Google and um, and progressive nudge-style government. But aside from that, you're right, Google, Facebook, all of these companies amass massive information on us. We give it to them. We don't own that information. They do. And they become massive storehouses for the government, if, if necessary or if the government's interested, in tapping, uh, the wrong word, I'd say, in accessing to learn so much about us going back years and years. I think we need to grapple seriously with this. And I think all the opinions in Carpenter, to their credit, all the opinions really grapple seriously with this. Well said. And didn't we just learn that Google was the number one lobbyist of the federal government? So that that matters. And and Adam, I'm sorry to jump in and cut you off, but we're about out of time. And uh, you ended on such a lovely note there that I think maybe we'll, uh, we'll call it good there and stay in touch. Thanks a million. Thanks, fellas. Good to talk to you. Adam White of the uh, Hoover Institution. You can more easily choose not to use Google than you can choose not to use a smartphone, but it's it's also practically something you need to be involved with. 
to survive in the modern world. Yeah, that might overstate it a little bit, but I guarantee you there's a very small number of people who understand everything Google owns and is in charge of. What's in your news? Political discourse in America continues to plummet. If you've got movie pass, be aware. Prices going up and Heather Locklear locked up again. If you haven't heard this Seth Rogen, Paul Ryan thing, stay tuned. It's something on the Armstrong and Getty Show. Yeah, so I told Marshall we got to replay the Seth Rogen clip because if you haven't heard this, it's um, I think it's the most disturbing thing I've heard today. I like in Seth Rogen way. in general. I mean, I like his art. I don't know anything about him personally. Clever fella, sure. But uh, anyway, let's get the news now with Marshall Phillips. A lot of this is all tied in with the Red Hen incident. President Trump today trash-talking a restaurant that asked his press secretary, Sarah Huckabee Sanders, to leave. Trump saying in a tweet this morning that the Red Hen restaurant in Virginia should focus more on cleaning its filthy canopies, doors, and windows. Badly needs a paid job rather than refusing to serve a fine person like Sarah Sanders. You know, it's a it's an odd thing for a restaurant to not serve somebody because they don't like their politics. It's an odd thing for the president yes. to respond like that. Yes. To imply that oh, perhaps yeah, the kitchen dirty. is rat infested. <laughs> <laughs> I bet there's cockroaches. Seriously, cockroaches. Uh, Sad. Oh my, oh my God. Trump adding, I always had a rule if a restaurant's dirty on the outside, it's dirty on the inside. Meanwhile, you got Representative Maxine Waters calling for people, more people, to confront Trump administration staff and officials in public over administration politics. If you see anybody from that cabinet in a restaurant, in a department store, at a gasoline station, you get out and you create a crowd. And you push back on them. And you tell them they're not welcome. So a member of the House of Representatives is yeah. saying, if you see somebody from the other side of the aisle, right. you should surround them with a the crowd and scream at them till they leave. Right, terrify them, make them wow, miserable. Wow, that's a good place to be. Remember we, when we realized, or, or science showed that Ameri- uh, well, humanity peaked in intelligence in the 1970s, and that we're now on the decline? Yeah. Right. There's your proof. 1975 <laughs> was the peak for intelligence. Yeah, yeah. Now, along those same lines, actor, comedian Seth Rogen was on Colbert telling this story about meeting House Speaker Paul Ryan. At one point, two young, white, teenage men asked to take a picture with me. They're maybe like 16, 17. And then they said, our dad wants to meet you. And I turned around. Paul Ryan was walking towards me. Okay. And he came over, just grabbed my head, and I'm just like, I'm shaking his head. I don't know what to do. And he said, can I uh, have a picture with you? And I said, no way, man. right there and i feel very conflicted about this at this moment but it's not their fault it's not their fault but at the same time they should probably learn that if they like a movie or song the person who made that probably doesn't like their dad that much um that's a weird man this is a weird it didn't used to be like this ryan if you're younger it didn't used to be like this paul super moderate ryan is now persona non grata he's voldemort he's evil that's astonishing. How'd you like his frantic, pathetic, white guilt virtue signaling? Couple of young white men, he says with the, that tone of right. voice. What the F do you want them to know. do? I don't know. They got light skin. What do you want them to do? I don't know what that God, is God, we live in effed up times. I'm telling you, man. Somebody texted, I think Seth Rogen wouldn't take a picture with Paul Ryan because he would get killed in social media. 
Yeah, I think yeah. he personally that would was, have been yeah. a career. That would have been horrible for him career wise if he takes a picture with Paul Ryan. Paul Ryan tweets it out. Hey, just met Seth yeah. and, and and he's smiling yeah. next to him. That which is also a sign yeah. of how crazy things are. Well, yeah, absolutely. I mean, it just kind of it moves Seth Rogen a little bit along the what's a cause and what's a symptom scale, yeah. but yeah. it's it's no, all he, true. He clearly was personally horrified by the idea. That's just astounding to me. We are losing our civilization. It's weird. The, 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 on a fundamental level, the idea of being civilized is you yeah. act with dignity and 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 calm and justice, no matter if you disagree with people or they look different from you. That's right. That's what civilization means, and we're losing it. Why do you think so? Who's to blame? Email us mailbag at armstrongandgetty.com. Be specific. Name names. Now, if you are like Positive Sean and you use MoviePass, turns out you're soon going to have to pay a higher price to see popular movies. The subscription-based movie ticket service is going to be adopting what they call surge pricing starting next month. There's going to be an additional fee to see high-demand movies of at least 2 bucks, and it could be higher than that at peak times, like for opening weekend. I'll have to warn my boy, because I gave him the uh, movie pass for Christmas. He loves it. This is, sounds like a heck of a deal. This is a story, but it's not really a story. On really popular movies opening day, you probably couldn't use your movie pass anyways, because you have to no. buy them in person at the time of the movie. You can't so buy them in advance. So now you can chuck in a couple of bucks and use it? Mm-hmm. Sounds like a win to me. Maybe, yeah. But uh, yeah, it, this doesn't affect a, a how I feel a large majority of people are going to use MoviePass. When when okay. MoviePass took away the seeing the same movie twice from their policy, I think that was a bigger blow um, to those who use yeah. MoviePass. Mm. Anyway, the fee is going to be on top of the regular nine ninety five a month. It's paid by subscribers for unlimited movie service. And you Some pay, limits apply. You pay how much a month to see unlimited movies? Ten, $10. Ten bucks. God, that's unbelievable. You can see one a day. You can't see unlimited. That's it's, unbelievable. It's one a day. There's certain restrictions now. You can't all see right, multiple. Right, Sean, you're babbling a little the, bit. Uh, the and, but in the in the, the, uh, the and, but in the, the, uh, the and, but where, where in the end. That seems to be on a loop of that some was sort. From the beginning of the show. <laughs> what? Um, so. You can't see more than one a day. There are people who would go to more than one movie in a day. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Wow, I've never seen more than one movie in a day. And I've never seen the same movie twice in the theater. What? What? You've never defrauded an innkeeper? Thank you. The infamous defrauding an innkeeper incident in which you went from one theater to another I went to one I didn't like and went and watched a different one. I didn't watch two movies. Two different. I didn't watch the whole thing. Oh, I don't think I could. Oh, oh, I didn't watch the whole thing. He yeah. says hair splitting from the right. Did we walk out thirty seconds before the end of the credits? You could still make that argument, uh, Mister Hair Splitter. I'm sure it's still a crime, but I don't think I could watch two movies in one day. I just can't imagine a double feature. Never, especially at this point in my life. Oh six, man, six hours worth of movie watching. Me, I like to. <laughs> it's hilarious. Oh yeah. Me, I like to grab a big old three foot bong and watch all the Lord of the Rings movies in succession, including the. Hobbit. Hobbit movies. It's like 17 hours. Sometimes I'll take a Saturday and I'll just watch all nine Star Wars things just in order. <laughs> wow. Oh, oh my God, that would kill me. <laughs> Meanwhile, Heather Locklear is back behind bars. TMZ's reporting the actress got arrested overnight on battery charges. $20,000 bail. The website says authorities called out to her Thousand Oaks home and reports of a disturbance in a family member who said she was heavily intoxicated. Oh, no. Locklear allegedly punched a responding deputy, and as she was put onto a gurney, she kicked an EMT. 
That's uncool. Hey, back on the other topic, the Trump-Jimmy Fallon story that's yep. getting some attention. So uh, Jimmy Fallon did an interview with the Hollywood Reporter recently in which he said he made a mistake in 2016 when he treated Donald Trump the way he treated him. Jimmy Fallon had him on, was nice to him, messed up his hair. Hey, is that hair real? You know, did a softball yeah. sort of light, lighthearted, yeah. Tonight Show style interview with a politician. Anyway, he now says he would have done it differently, to which the president re, uh, responded with a tweet, at Jimmy Fallon is now whimpering to all that he did the famous hair show with me where he messed up my hair and that he would have done it differently because it said it humanized me and he's taking heat. I uh, Be a man, Jimmy, Donald Trump said. So Jimmy Fallon says he's taking heat for humanizing Donald Trump. Gets back to this whole Seth Rogen yeah. thing, the Maxine Waters yeah. thing. Are you telling me you can't have a politician on anymore and joke around with them? Because, well, yeah. No, I think you can't have Donald Trump on. That, me, personally, I think this all goes away when he's gone. You think gone. so? Yes. Boy, we'll, we'll see. Yeah. I, don't, I don't think I it's disagree. going to. I don't no. think it's going to. Nope. I think we're at a new level where Republicans won't, Republican sports stars won't go to a Democrat's White House and vice versa. It may not last permanently, but it'll go farther before it uh, recedes. I hope you're right. I hope it gets better, but I don't think it's going to. There you go. That's your news. I'm Marshall Phillips, the Armstrong and Getty Show, the conscience of the nation. Time to ring the bell. See, uh, you're right, Sean, in that Donald Trump has been an intensifier of this trend. Mm -hmm. Maybe a significant intensifier, but as, you know... I could bore you with historical examples. At some point, the original grievance is lost, and you get into a cycle of vengeance. And it doesn't matter why the Hatfields are killing McCoys. That's what you do. You kill the McCoys. Remember when Obama took heat for uh, humanizing Trump by sitting there in the Oval Office with him? Which you have to do. He's the next president of the United States. Right. But he took heat for that. That's something. Anyway, stay with us. You're listening to the Armstrong and Getty Show. Armstrong and Getty. The conscience of the nation. The Armstrong and Getty Show. I forgot to hit you with Jimmy Fallon's response. So it starts with Trump goes on The Tonight Show 2016. Jimmy Fallon does a softball Tonight Show style interview that used to be perfectly fine. Imagine fun, that, yeah. That used to be perfectly fine in, in, in pop culture and uh, messes up Trump's hair and blah, blah, blah. So then he takes some heat, apparently, from people over the years for humanizing Trump. Um, uh, well, listen, he is human. Tells the Hollywood reporter he would do, do it differently now. I don't know what you get. What are you going to challenge him on policy or what? Okay, then you're a different show. At that point, well, Trump you're going to challenge him on policies that haven't even happened yet. Trump responds with uh, "grow a pair," basically, Jimmy, stand up. And then Jimmy Fallon responded with, "All right, I get it. I heard you. You made me feel bad. Now what? Are you happy? I'm depressed. Do you want me to push me more? What do you want me to do? You want me to kill myself? Would that make you happy? Get over it." Which is kind of funny. Who's he responding to there? The president or his angry, angry the, viewers? The angry viewers. Oh, okay. The people who say he didn't do enough. What do you want me to do? Kill myself? Right. What would make you happy? Get over it. Yeah, well said, Jimmy. Well said. I tell you what, I, maybe anyway. i got to talk to the lad. I'd assumed he was, like, beyond us in terms of 
his his show business leathery skin. But maybe it's that, you know, he hangs around in Hollywood, so he gets his stuff in person. Dude, everybody is angry about everything all the time right now. You just hear there's, you know, 10, 15, 20 percent on each side of the thing that are just crazy. They can't be reasoned with. You roll your eyes and you ignore them. Trust me on this. Uh, so back to this sex survey. So this guy does a, a, a giant sex survey. Thousands and thousands of people, all different ages, all states, uh, over many years. Uh, number one fantasy for people by far is group sex. Okay, we talked about that earlier. That's surprising to me. But well, it's yeah, true, it's true. I hear group sex, I think, like an orgy. It, it might just be like a threesomes two gals. orgies or yeah. other things that are yeah, disgusting. See, to me, that's, that's a, there's a line there. People don't fantasize about celebrities. Very uncommon. I never have in my life. Um, people do tend to fantasize about uh, their current partner or real-life everyday people that they know, but not celebrities. Mm-hmm. So that's that. Um, I knew a guy who did that. I always thought that was weird. You might have an immediate you know, anthropological, you know, involuntary reaction to seeing a celebrity for reasons that are, uh, you know, entirely predictable by science. Other people that uh, are fantasized about are superheroes. They're not always real. Sometimes they're fictional characters. For example, for example, many participants in this survey reported fantasizing about superheroes or comic book characters. <laughs> like wow. the Ninja Turtles? Among straight, Yikes. Among, turtle love. Hot, hot turtle love. Among straight women, Batman was by far the most fantasized about superhero. I can believe well, it. That's essentially the main character of... Fifty Shades of Grey, right? Like a, a disturbed billionaire who can afford whatever he wants, and he's got these dark secrets. That, yeah, it's essentially the same thing. By contrast, Batman held very little appeal for gay men who instead favored Superman and Captain America. Superman have to be gentle. I mean, because, you know, I mean, unless you're a super person yourself, his super unit might do super damage to you. This um, the explanation might be why guy, gay men were most most likely to fantasize about superheroes in general, given the fact that most superheroes have dual identities, which is common in the gay world. An intriguing I, notion. I don't have any idea if that's true or not. As for both straight men and lesbian women, their most fantasized about heroes were Wonder Woman, Catwoman, and Black Widow. Oh, Catwoman. And the Black Widow spike is almost entirely because Scarlett Johansson began playing that character. Oh, right. Yeah. So it's Scarlett Johansson, please. So there you go. Not the superhero thing is just a head scratcher for me. I don't. There are plenty of real humans. Of course, we're raising a generation of internet porn addicted uh, gaming weirdos who never meet any real women, and when they do, they can't believe that they're real human beings. With the, the flaws of real human beings. Sad, sad. I didn't even look at this survey. Um, most Americans remain unwilling to let a robot into their home. D- am I expecting this robot, or does it just show up? <laughs> Only 20% of Hello, people... S- let me in. What? <laughs> Only 20% of people said they're interested in obtaining a cleaning robot. Well, 68% said they were not. I have a cleaning robot. You do? The uh, Roomba? Is that oh, yeah. what it's called? Yeah, I had it, and I thought it was a pain in the ass. And oh, no, 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 no. It's no. Faster, and easier to, faster and easier to just vacuum. No, it's not. You're crazy. The new ones work really good. They're, they're good. in my house. Well, I'll grant you that. I'll Wooden grant in my you. House. Yeah. Yep, you're right. Because it, it wouldn't have worked when I had kids. You're absolutely no, right. That was the problem with it. Yep. I had to do so much cleaning before you could set it up. Exactly. Why didn't I just vacuum? <laughs> exactly. <laughs> right, I hear yeah. you. 
Although um, they have improved, for anybody who's curious. For most sensitive tasks like security or caring for a child or an aging relative, the numbers were lower. <laughs> I'm going gonna, I'm gonna, to uh, admit a care for grandma robot? Hey, no. Mama, I left you with this grandma. I left you with this robot. So Hey, look, he's got his pills right on you. All you got here's the app. When you just listen, listen, no, 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 listen, here's the app. Please. If you have a fall, tell the robot. I'll be at the ball game. <laughs> wow. Wow. <laughs> wow. Uh... Now, someday, a robot with sensors can call the cops. Sure. Responds like, uh, you know, the Amazon Echo to a voice command of falling and I can't get up. Um,. I still, I see it. I'm still tempted to do a video of my house. Oh. I'll bet there's not a person listening with a more disgusting house than I've got. Oh right my now. God, Jack! This is not good for the image. Well, no, no. <laughs> it's not good on so many I'm levels. Kidding. I can't even tell you. Wow! Well, I, I, I've uh... never seen a house like ours. And I, I mean, like when I lived with five stoner college guys, it was cleaner than our house is. But it's because our family situation with the kid and everything like that. It's just, it's amazing. It's amazing. Whew. It's something. Have um, you considered buying a number of low-priced houses <laughs> and moving from house to house to house <laughs> and have a cleaning crew follow you around, always be one house behind, <laughs> Clean, or one house ahead, I guess, you know, would be a better not, idea. Not a bad idea. Buy yeah. a bunch of, like, the same sort of, like, you got a TV hookup. You got all the stuff you need. Right. Just move to that house. Have a cleaning clue go in. They'd have to like replace the carpets probably and all that sort of stuff. Occasionally, sure. Yeah. Every few circuits, you'd get to the point that yeah, yeah that's cleaning not a, wouldn't. That's do. not a bad plan. Nah, I'm thinking outside the. So point. we're not ready to get a robots to watch babies or old people yet. A a baby robot. Good idea. Mm-hmm. He is like a little baby. Huh. It just shows you where we are in robot technology. We're yes, not ready. It does. Not ready. Taking the temperature. (laughs) Hey, honey, you want to get a robot to take care of the baby? While we go out to eat? (sighs) Yikes. You're listening to the Armstrong and Getty Show.